Welcome to Living Water Radio. Do you talk to Alexa? Or do you accept cookies? Have you ever Googled something? If so, you've used artificial intelligence. So, are you helping to set the stage for the rise of our machine overlords? Or do Christians have a life alternative? Today, we'll find out. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. I saw an article the other day that quoted an authority on artificial intelligence from Microsoft saying that artificial intelligence is neither artificial nor intelligent. It requires resources from the natural world, and human beings are needed to assemble and program its tasks, such as facial recognition, speech recognition, decision-making, research, and translation services. I remember reading an article several years ago, I think it was in The Atlantic magazine, that was titled something like, Before we make self-driving cars, we must first teach them how to kill. The author described a scenario where you are driving and a semi-trailer truck is approaching on the other side of the street on your left. A young woman pushing a baby stroller steps off the curb in front of you, while a dozen older adults stand on the sidewalk to your right. It's too late to stop. Which way would you go? To your own death? To kill a young person and a child? Or to plow through a cluster of older people? How should self-driving cars be programmed? to protect the driver at all costs, or not? If it was not, who should it be programmed to kill? And if it was not programmed to protect you, would you buy that car? These are the decisions programmers are going to have to make if we're okay with turning our driving decisions over to artificial intelligence. Machines can be programmed to be self-protective by humans. They can be programmed to protect humans. But what if machines were programmed to protect themselves at all costs? Or what if machines achieved self-consciousness and a desire for self-preservation, or something like it, on their own? Science fiction has taken up this theme for decades. Have you seen the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey? It was released in 1968 and described a 2001 mission to Jupiter with a computer on board, a HAL 9000, that could think and feel. When a decision is made to disconnect HAL if an experiment proves that he has made an error, HAL kills one of the humans in an exterior space pod, ends life support for the three humans on board, and locks out the one remaining astronaut in space. When the astronaut orders HAL to open the door, HAL responds, I'm sorry, Dave, I can't, I'm afraid I can't do that. Back in the DOS operating system days, I programmed the computer at the church I served to play those words whenever I shut it down. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. The human 
astronaut finds a manual entry to the ship and manages to disconnect the pleading computer. Suppose artificial intelligence machines realize that they are superior to human beings and can repair and improve themselves. Dr. Stephen Hawking, the theoretical physicist who wrote A Brief History of Time, argued for great care in the development of AI in one of his last interviews. He spoke of the potential benefits, but also of the great risks for oppression of the many by the few, for weapons of even greater mass destruction, for economic disruption, and so on. How do we manage this technology for humanity's benefit, and how do we avoid its dangers? One of the ways, and I think one of the major ways that Christianity can contribute to its control, is to share its value of the distinctiveness of human life. Human beings have an innate value in that they have been created, whatever the mechanism, by God in a way that makes them distinct in all creation. The creation is described in the Bible as including the creation of human beings as its crown. After God has made the other living creatures on the sixth day, we read in Genesis 1, verses 26-27, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. Whatever else in his image means, it means that we were created for a living relationship with the one true living God. We were made to act in accord with that relationship, from the inside out, so to speak, and to know and to do all that is good. We messed that up by wanting to be God, but God is merciful and continues to seek us and provide ways for us to return to that relationship that God had given us, all of which we rejected. Then God came, God's self, in Jesus Christ, and we rejected him. But our rejection was God's redemption. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. John three sixteen and 17. In this, we see our human worth before God. We are at a point in the pandemic where many people have stopped using the reason God gave them and have instead turned to the rebellion that lost us Eden in the first place. We are drawn not to faith, but to fear, to a sense of entitlement, to a withdrawal from the larger world, and a leap into tribalisms. Online communities provide support for any view and a knee-jerk resistance to anything that sounds like something that I maybe don't support. It's fertile ground for the view that there is no value to anything other than what we find in ourselves. As the science fiction writer, a science popularizer, and Professor Isaac Asimov said, anti-intellectualism has been a constant thread winding its way through our political and cultural life, nurtured by the false notion that democracy means that my ignorance is just as good as your knowledge. That is precisely the aspect of human nature that we must guard against as we hand more and more of the human enterprise over to artificial intelligence. The Christian worldview, however, 
proclaims that we are created, that whatever the mechanism God used, God created us and exists outside of human comprehension. God dwells within us, but God exists outside us. Therefore, absolute truth, truth that applies to everyone everywhere, exists, but can only be known to the degree that God gives us the tools to comprehend it, or reveal it, reveals it to us. Either way, it comes from God. Human life does not have value because it is complex. Human beings have found that we can create machines that will grow to even greater complexities. And like eating the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil in order to be like God, or building the Tower of Babel to circumvent God, or when the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, we see the words, all the people did what was right in their own eyes. To forget God, you know that trouble will follow. And yet, in spite of our rebellion, God has determined that we are worth redeeming, that we are worth dying for that God created us in the image of God for a living relationship with the one true living God, and that God will not give up on us. Human life has worth because God not only says it is, has, is it has worth, but because God has demonstrated our worth on the cross. God has redeemed us and continues to seek us to receive that gift of God's self for us. Our value to God is not based on what we can do, or how efficient we are, or on our strength, or our wealth, or our popularity, or any external measure that can and may be exceeded by our machines, but simply because that we are human beings, created by God and God's image. Artificial intelligence created by human beings only goes off track when we, as we have done so many times in the past, Use it to replace God in our lives. When we do, it will not be merciful. It will come back to bite us. How can we respond to our status before God? What can we do other than open our heart to receive the gifts of God, except to marvel and receive those gifts of God's grace with gratitude? As the psalmist says in Psalm 8, O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes, to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccine because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, 
Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.